preachers that have the message. If that's smart, even excuse me because I don't intend to be, but I'm just so thankful I have this truth. Amen? I have this truth. And uh, I appreciate uh, the pure gold man. The reason that I'm here is because when we decided this, Saddam Hussein was fixing to have the mother of all battles. And um, the crowd would be much larger here today uh, uh, when we talk about prophecy if, uh, if we were in the last few days of 88 Reasons. Or if Saddam Hussein was just about to have the mother of all battles. Brethren on Lake Charles were so big, our preachers in this town, they uh, asked me to do a seminar in their churches and the places were filled. That was just before uh, it all happened, or right when it was happening, I forget. Amen. Well, sir, I'm going to live for God regardless of uh, Saddam Hussein. Now, whoever else comes on the scene. Praise God. Amen. All right, now, uh, you will probably uh, be waiting for current events and that portion of the message, and uh, I will do some of that, but uh, that's not all there is to prophecy. And uh, don't say you don't like prophecy because two-thirds of the book is prophecy. And that is the test of who is God. God challenges ever so-called God and said, bring forth your God. Let them tell us what has been that we shall know what shall be. Let them tell us what shall be that we may know that ye are God. It's a good proof. There's only one God that can say something is coming and then bring it to pass. And it's not my responsibility to bring it to pass. I am not even a prophet nor the son of a prophet. I'm just a two-before preacher that loves his word and endeavor to see what his word has to say about it. All right? I'm going to read to you from uh, the Apocalypse Yeon. All right? Find that, please. Uh, the last book of the Bible. And um, chapter 8. And um, I'll be reading from the Greek, and, and uh, it will turn it around just a little bit because it's like French. It's backwards. Revelations, the 8th chapter, began reading with the first verse. And I see some want to stand, and that's all right. I'll understand you are standing for the Word of God. And uh, I appreciate that. And when the seventh seal was opened, there happened a silence in heaven as of about a half hour. And I saw seven angels which before the, are standing before the throne of God, and they, there were given to them seven trumpets. Uh, but another angel came and stood before the altar, having golden, a golden censer, and was given to him much incense, in order that he could offer it, which is the prayers of the saints, or the holy ones, all of them, all of them before the throne. And there went up a smoke, from the altar, 
with the prayers of the holy ones out of the hand of the angel which before God fell after they cast it into the earth and there happened thunder lightning and seismos seismograph earthquake everybody say God bless your word you may be seated I give you for the sake of remembering today the silence and the thunder of prayer. The silence and the thunder of prayer. Amen. Verse 2 belongs act before verse 6. And in many manuscripts it appears that way because you have the introduction of the angels with the trumpet and that activity does not uh, describe the later transition and transmission of the text. The angel with the trumpet belongs right before the sixth verse. There was an angel which stood before the throne of God, before the ideology and typology, much of the book of Revelations is. The book of Revelations is a new bottle for new wine. It is neither Old Testament nor New Testament, both of them. Jesus is no longer the Son of God in the book of Revelations. He is the Panter Crotera. He is the Almighty. Nobody's filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Revelation. Repentance and baptism or baptism is not preached there. It's a new bottle for new wine. But this angel standing before uh, the altar, before the throne of God, took the censer, and everything got totally quiet. Now, I have heard silence in heaven everywhere from taking up an offering. There is a silence in heaven. This is a memorial when there is silence. And that's when the angel takes the gold, fills it with fire from the altar, and has the Philias, the vine, on the fire. Smell permeates heaven, and everything gets totally quiet. When all begins to recognize, praise God. Answer. Praise God. Preachers, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and has taken great staying power unto himself. All of those creatures grow completely quiet as we have a memorial, which is the prayers of the saints of God throughout all of heaven. Praise God. Now this happens uh, several times or twice more in the book. It is not as detailed as it is when the trumpets are about to blow, but it happens when the seals as well are about to be poured out every time there is judgment on the earth. Heaven reminds heaven and earth of all of the prayers that have been prayed by the saints of God. Amen. And as they get worse, the prayers and its memorial becomes a little more acute. You can read before the seals are poured out, 
that the angel is before the throne of God with the censer which has the prayers of the saints. That is before the seals. Begins with the rapture of the church, the white horse. I don't care what you believe. I got enough scripture to choke a mule to prove that it's the rapture of the church. Then the 15th chapter where the vials, which are the worst of all, there is a smoke that fills all of the temple. Nobody can minister. Only The only smoke that came into the temple was the smoke from the altar of incense, the same altar that we have before us at the moment. Hear it. Every time in the book of Revelations, before God sends judgment on the earth, heaven is quieted, 15th chapter, smoke fills it, no one can minister, that means it's silent. Amen. Before the seals, before any judgment comes, heaven gets totally quiet as God honors and lets heaven and earth hear the prayers of all of the saints of God throughout time that have gone up. Amen. Praise God. I call it the silence, now listen, and the thunder of prayer. After that silence and that memorial to the prayers of the saints of God throughout time, in heaven the angel fills the censer again. He renews it with with fire from the altar again. But this time... He casts it into the earth, which is an act of desecration in any temple, desecrating the earth. The same prayers that were memorialized in heaven and caused silence, when they hit the earth, It's a totally different effect that happens. It's not silence now, but there is thunder, bronti, thunder, astrape, lightning, and phone, from which you get phonograph, voices of the saints of God on earth. Amen. They're going to hear them. They're going to hear voices, and then the earth is going to start shaking. Praise God. The silence and the thunder of prayer. I'm going to tell you today, the greatest thing about us is prayer. And what God memorializes in heaven and earth about us, is our prayer. Amen? Not our preaching. Not our singing. Not our praising. And we have done less praying in this meeting than we have done anything else. Amen. We better get back to prayer. Glory to God.
There was a prophecy given in Azusa Street. You remember the Azusa Street prophecy? Went like this, part of it. In the last days, the sister in prophecy said, they will praise a God that they do not pray to. We spend a lot of time praising, and that's good. I love praise. But I'm going to tell you what, we better not forget prayer. Amen. Where are the all-time prayer meetings and the all-night prayer meetings that we have known? If you want to know why there's multiple divorce and multiple prayer is not offered say that without an inkling of condemnation whatsoever, but I'm just telling you that God says the most important thing about us is prayer. Amen. And before the earth ever reels and rocks, with the seismos, with the earthquakes, and with the thunder, and with the stars falling, and with the sounds that you never heard before, before she flies to pieces, then hear voices. Glory to God. Amen. And you know what those voices are? It's the same incense that was waved in heaven and caused silence as a memorial. But when the earth, it's an act of desecration. Amen. It's like you go into temple and take the altar of the incense where the beautiful oil is and you cast it over and throw it over and you desecrate the temple and you do it away. God desecrates the earth before he cleans it up. And the way he desecrates it is let them hear all of the prayers that have been prayed by the saints of God that they despised in this world. Amen. I'm so happy to be in a group today that loves to talk to God and loves to pray to Him. How many love to pray? It's something you can't be halfway about. You either love it or you loathe it. You either love it, it is a secret of joy, or it is a pain and it is a chore. Praise God. Now, in the 15th chapter, the word censor is not there. The word censor is the kind of an instrument where you took, uh, the word is phililes. It is the vial that you have uh, to pour into the censer in the 15th chapter, but those bowls are not put in a censer, but God takes the prayers, the bowls, and, and he gets worse with it. First of all, before the seals, it only you see an angel waving that censer uh, before the seals are poured out, before the judgment there. The trumpets, it gets a little worse, and heaven grows quiet because now prayer is becoming memorialized just a little more. Heaven gets silent, but he takes that censer, which should be waved as a praise and an offering, and he throws it to the earth in desecration. And when it does, all of the popping and banging that goes on on the earth. But when you get to the 15th chapter, he no longer puts the prayers in a censer. There is no longer a smell that they will get. 
There's no longer even a sense of smell, but it is the vial itself before the censer and the bowl itself is poured out. And if you want to know what causes the worst judgments that's coming on this world, it's going to be the bowls that have the prayers of the saints of God turned upon them. I want you to get an idea of the magnitude and the power of your prayers. Those prayers are awesome enough and mean enough to God. They have enough power. They have enough memorial that they are going to be what turns this world upside down. And the oceans overflow. Amen. And every island moves out of its place. And the continents begin to shift back together. And there is only one continent. And now the sun gets dark and men can't see anymore. You know why? It's because prayer is being poured out on them. Not the smell of prayer from a censer as it was earlier. Not the sense of it. Not just the simple voices. But now you've got the power that's behind that prayer. It is poured out in naked violence upon this world. And I tell you, I don't want to be here under the auspices of the power of the prayers that the world has made fun of and rejected. I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere in the bosom of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. The silence and the thunder of prayer. Oh, prayer. Wonderful prayer. How many has ever changed your mind in prayer? Praise God. I've got to hurry. Let me tell you, it was prayer that was memorialized, not praise nor preaching. Praise God. You've heard me say, and I repeat it. There's a lot of, we love to be entertained. And a lot of our church, some of it now, we're trying to entertain the people and keep them occupied. His people don't need to be entertained because all of heaven is just a prayer away. All they got to do is kneel and begin to talk to God and he can open all of heaven. I'll tell you something else. Our prophetic prowess is not the most important thing to God. Prayer is more important than our prophetic prowess. We need to make up our mind whether when we speak a prophecy, we are prophesying or whether we are doing exegetical words from the prophets. The reason that we're having to come back and change it is because we have moved out of the area of doing exegetical or explanations of the prophecy and we are prophesying ourselves. Now there are prophets, but when they prophesy, there's one way you can tell whether or not they are if it comes to pass. We're too easy on our prophets today. We're too easy on them. 
I don't care if it's from everything to saying that God's going to give you a gallbladder or the Antichrist is Kissinger. I don't care which one it is. If it doesn't happen, you were killed in the old days. You might have been right nine times out of ten, but miss it, miss it once. And you was a dead duck. You know what we have not understood yet? And that is the mystery of Balaam. How he could love the wages of unrighteousness, but still prophesy and still get it right. I'm going to give you just a little thing here. I, I, I don't know how far I, I, I'll get to go. We'll, we'll do something. Amen. I've I, got to hurry. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. How can you do it? How can they do it? Hmm. That's the reason it says try the spirit. The word try there is wrestling. The word there is to really test them, prove them. If spirits were such an easy thing that you could just see one, say, that's a bad one. That's a good one. Wouldn't be no problem. Amen. But the problem with these things is you've got to wrestle them around, first of all, and see how tough they are. Mm. Ah, yeah. We've got to make up our mind whether we're prophets or whether we're just preachers looking at prophecy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you, how in the world was there an Indian by the name of Tecumseh that prophesied on a certain day the sun was going to get dark and the earth was going to shake so bad that the Mississippi would run backwards for a space of 150 miles? And he said, when you do that, all the Indians stand up, let's go against the white man. On that day when he said the sun grew dark, the earth shook, and the Mississippi rolled so badly, she went backwards for a ways. How did he know it? There are other things that will blow your mind men have been able to say who looked into the future. But I'm going to tell you the difference. There is only one. Ha'ulam, eternal God. There's only one eternal God. Thank God. I'm going to tell you what. Daniel praised God. I preached this Sunday night at our church. He praised God in the second chapter because he changes the times and seasons. In the sixth chapter of Daniel, he mentions the Antichrist that will intend to change times and laws. And they're given into his hand for three and a half years. But it all blows up in his hand. He can't control it. I'm going to tell you why the devil can't control the times and the seasons. is because he is not eternal. There is only one eternal. That's the reason he can control time. Amen. And there's one other reason I, I, I won't go into, but one other reason he can't control it is he doesn't know the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, glory, glory, glory. We are not prophets as we speak in the Word. Let me, let me give you some examples. For example, the man did the thing on 88 reasons. I had, not to be smarty, but I had a meeting three nights or four nights before his time was up, and I said, he's not in a fruitcake. The Lord can come any time. But he's wrong on his calculations. He's got even the birthday of Jesus wrong. All you've got to do is take your Bible and history and you can figure out when it was. At least the time he began his ministry. Amen. But Brother Enzi mentioned it. We went all agog about it. Some of our preachers were having lock-ins. 
Some of our preachers. Uh, you didn't, obviously. Amen. What do you want to lock the doors of the church for if the Lord's coming? Amen. He's got the keys. Praise God. He's got the keys to the real church. You're not going to lock that up if somebody wants to get in. Hey, brother, let's just, just keep one thing in mind. We can't bring anything to pass, and that's what we're trying to do. We think we're going to say it and make God pay attention to it, and Him have to do it because I said it. We humbly look at His Word, and we say, Lord, there is Your Word. I feel like it means this. The thing about it is, if I'm wrong, I can say I misunderstood His Word. But if I stand up and prophesy and say the Lord's coming on a certain day, then it's my neck if He don't. Amen. And I'll tell you something else. We had preachers calling Saddam Hussein the Antichrist. The mothers of all battles is over with by this time. God help us. That is not the best thing about us. The greatest thing about us is not our prophetic prowess, but it's our prayer. That's what God honors. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what he looks at, our ability to pray. Heaven stands still. Oh, glory. If we try to intervene in time, if we try to intervene in seasons and time, our name becomes Ben Shakar, which means the son of the morning. He is the one that is going to try to overturn and take the times and seasons in his hands. Amen. And I'll tell you why he's mad. It's because he is Ben Shakar, which means simply means a likeness of one, of a son. But Jesus was kissed the sun. The word is bar, which is darling. Thank God. He was not the darling. He was not the rare chosen one. And that's why he's aggravated today. And he is set against the church. But you and I began to usurp this prophetic ability. And I do believe in prophecy in the church. But I'm telling you, you can also know when it's true and false. Because if it's not come to pass, then he is a false prophet. Listen to the things that are happening around us right now if you will now that we can interpret one way or another the changes that are in Russia Russia is God that is not my statement that goes back into the oldest times and manuscripts Gog and Magog are called Gog, Magog is the second son of Japheth, whose descendants uh, migrated into the area known of the Caucasus, which by the way, Caucasus Mountains means Gog's fort, and become known as the Mongols, uh, Kalmyks, Finns, what is known as Rush today. We, have, we know in prophecy that they're going to come finally against Israel. But I got to dig in here a while back and we see the changes that are going on in Russia and we wonder what's happening with that. Is God changing his mind? I don't have to worry about it. God will bring them down the way he wants to. And I got to looking at that and that's exactly what Ezekiel says in 39. There is the word, the Tanakh 
says that it's hard to translate. Every Hebrew scholar says it is difficult to translate. But the Word says there is going to be a change in God. And the word change actually means there is going to be an apostasy, a turning around from their view and from their point and where they were. I do not know whether that means uh, the death of communism. Listen, we are not so concerned about communism. Communism is only 70 years old. But as Mr. Kissinger said, but do not forget America and the rest of the world, that the Russians uh, have been people who wanted to take in property and, and gather in area and people to itself for over 400 years. I am not concerned so much about communism as I am that God is going to is the one that has in this, uh, uh, this particular mind that it's going to take things in. But there's going to be a change in her. She is reluctant to come down. I'm going to put a hook in your jaw and I'm going to pull you down to the mountains of Israel. So perhaps we're moving into that time. But you see, it's not my job. It's not my job to get Russia ready for those final battles. Uh, amen. And it could be today, it could be tomorrow, or it could be ten years from now, or whenever. But it's him. The important thing about me is I know him who controls times and seasons. Hallelujah to God. I'm glad I know him who is the one that controls times and seasons. People uh, making so much ado of... Uh, these things have let one thing go by that have you heard that in the last of the the other day never heard of before. Many have said, and I have said, that they could very well be. The beast system of the end time could be something because I am not a prophet. Nowadays, it looks like that it may be more the new world order that's coming. But I don't know what all it's going to be before God gets through with it and God gets it ready. But I'm telling you, we're just seeing something very important that has happened. Let me tell you what. If the European community of nations is the bestial system of the end time, we now have the uh, league and the treaty between the beast and Israel that is prophesied in the book of Daniel. What you have from then is seven years of what is normally called tribulation, and I don't like the word. You understand what I'm talking about? Nod your head and shake a bush if you understand what I'm talking about. If the ECC is the bestial system, you now have the promise and the league and the covenant made with Israel and the Antichrist because they were accepted within just the last few days into the European community of nations. But lo, on the heels of that, we see something that is not only an economic power, but we see a new world order which is bossing men and telling them you can't have this in your country, you can't have that in your country, and this is the way it's got to go, and pressure is being put on Israel right now to go to the conference. You're understanding that all right. You know why that does not strike us so hard is because we're so tuned to the spectacular and to somebody making something big out of it. I tell you what, I repeat it again, our prowess is not in our prophetic ability, but it is in our ability to pray. Amen. Let me tell you something else 
that's happening that is probably uh, one of the greatest. I don't have to do a thing. God is going to do it all. It's His Word. He controls times and seasons. And I understood Brother Foster's uh, uh, words uh, totally and the context. Uh, that he's talking about the coming of the Lord. But the fact of the matter is uh, that His coming, we do not want to delay His coming at all. Amen? The Bible says it's wicked. That's not what he was talking about. He was talking about for the sake of the gospel and the desire we have to preach the gospel. I understood it. I'm going to tell you what. We cannot and should not say the Lord delays His coming. The problem with the new world, or pardon me, the problem with this dominion theology and kingdom now that our preachers are getting into and believing it is that the Lord cannot come at any moment. I think that you will be alive when which you're alive and remain. I'll tell you what has not been told. Watch for this. You'll hear the word kingdom mentioned a lot by these people. It's showing up in our writings here today, some of our publications, it's showing up. Kingdom women, kingdom preaching. We believe in a kingdom, my friend, but I tell you what, this is only a taste of that kingdom that's coming. And we're not going to be the ones that conquers it. Here is the sticky wicket, and never forget it. I'll come back to prayer in a moment. Here's the sticky wicket. That God is going to raise us up above devils. We're going to whip the whole kit and caboodle of them. Jesus has saw the disciples returning, and the thing they talked about most was, hey, demons were subject to us. You ought to see them run. You should have seen them scoot when we got in town. We cast out devils. You have in the Greek an imperative with a may, which means don't continue doing the action. It is stop doing the action. He actually said, stop shouting because demons are subject to you. Do we love the Word or do we love the Word? There's a little thrill that comes out. I had my hands on him. Amen. And the devil took off. Amen. There's a little feeling that comes, and I don't want us to lose our faith. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. We are greater than unclean. I cut the tornumus. We are greater than unclean spirits because it took a whole legion of them to get one man to lose his mind. And when they took over one that had been cleaned up, we had to go get some help to come back and take him over. Not so with Ben Shakar. He is never, Lucifer himself is not involved in those cases. That's the little bitty boys. Stop rejoicing because demons are subject to you. That is the straw that breaks the camel back and it proves it conclusively. Amen. He said, I've given you power that you don't know about. And the word is that you walk, who pay no, you walk above snakes and bugs and everything that can hurt you. The word is not simply over, but when I get there, I don't see it. I don't know what God has delivered me from, but the Scripture said He just picks me up, and I just walk on over them. Hallelujah to God. And then He sets me down. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. See, the problem with me shouting about demons being subject to me is I forget all the bugs and the snakes and the things that are hurting me, and I praise God for just a little bit of it. He said, I've delivered you from more, but that's not the reason that you're going to shout. You want some shouting ground? He said, I'll give it to you. Rejoice! 
because your names are written in the book of life. Woo! Hallelujah to God. That's why we're going to shout. It's because of my name. And I didn't have anything to do with it. I repented and got baptized, but he wrote my name down. No power from my hand, no fire flying from my fingers, uh, no magical words, uh, amen, nothing that make everybody look up and say, Ooh, look at that tree spot. Just power exuded. We're eating that up till it's plum funny. Amen. One of these preachers and I, I don't care, brother. Amen. I love you, but I love God and I love his word more than anybody else. One of these fellows, and I'm telling you, we need, to, we need to figure out and settle it in our mind, the spirit of Balaam, and we'll understand why, how some of these people can know your name. Amen. Saw a man with one wooden leg. He didn't know it, but he had two wooden legs. Come up and pecked him on that wooden leg and said, God, fix and make that just like the other one. The man said he already did. Amen. Amen. You're talking about a fool, brother. That's the last prophecy as far as I'm concerned. Amen. I'd a whole lot rather say I'm praying that God will make your leg like the other one. And then I'm, I'm in a human sense for him to say, well, the other ones wouldn't excuse me. I want God to make it better than the other one. But we, there's people eating that. I'm happy that you're here today. Not, now, I'm not exclusive and calling everybody else. It's not whatever. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling you it's time for the United Pentecostal Church to stand on the Word of God and quit playing around with some of this stuff. Stop rejoicing. Stop shouting. Hold the music. Stop it. Hold it right here. Choir, hold her down right here demons are subject to us you didn't have nothing to do with it he lifted you up above what you didn't even see hallelujah to god he said i tell you what i want you to shout about i want you to shout because your name is written in the lamb's book of life well hallelujah hallelujah that's what i'm shouting about today that's real shouting ground Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, prayer. God memorializes our prayer. Not our good looks. Amen. If I was the only one who looked like this, I'd feel bad. Some of you as ugly as I am. That's true, Brother Pounders. Amen. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, Amen. We try to show off by how many famous people we're getting in our church. That doesn't mean one bit more than God saving a bum. Hallelujah to God. I'll tell you what means something to God is when we went down on our knees for Him and we escaped ourselves and we got into a different realm and we began to pay for another soul. That's what was important to God. The problem with the dominion now is we think we've got to get hold of government. That's why they're running for the presidency. I like to be in politics to the extent, and I blame nobody and I judge nobody that is, but I tell you the church of the living God is not important for politics in this world. God's going to run it like he wants to. 
I'm going to vote when it's supposed to be, and I'm going to tell you who I like and who I don't like. Amen. But I'm going to tell you that's not what's important about me. God likes it when I humble myself and when I get down and I say, Lord, I don't know how to do by myself. Amen. I don't know how to walk by myself. God loves it when I humble myself. The silence and the thunder of prayer. Oh, prayer. Amen. Hurry with this. Just tell you that miracles have happened in prayer that will happen no other way. Praise God. Paul says, we know not what to pray for as we ought. The Spirit helps our weaknesses with groanings that can't be understood. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. I go to prayer, I don't know what. No, there were men in the Old Testament who were praying and didn't know it, but they were prophesying. Peter said, David prayed in the Holy Ghost concerning Judah. Imagine this. He prayed in the Holy Ghost, David did, and he was praying about Judas, but he didn't know his name or what he was doing. He said, let another take his office, his bishopric, let another take. Let his children be fatherless, his wife a widow, etc., and etc. When you're praying, you never know what you're doing. God's directing you. All he needs is just somebody that'll get down. Thank God and forget that you're talking into the empty air. And go ahead and say it right out. Hallelujah, God. Amen. Amen. I feel like praying. Brother Oftra Dudley told years ago in a camp meeting I was in, some people that were involved in his church, and Mama was at prayer that morning as she was going about her housework, washing dishes and cooking and what have you. Her son, who was an unsaved young man, was driving a huge 18-wheeler in mountainous country, driving that morning. Amen. And she felt like prayer, and so she got down on her knees and she started praying. And she started speaking in other tongues. Oh, I wish I had three hours and I'd talk to you what tongues is really all about. Amen. To the believers, praise God. Thank God it builds us up. Amen. To those that are coming in that are fixing to believe. Amen. To the unbelongers, thank God they understand it and they say amen and say God is here of a truth. But to the unbeliever, it's a sign of judgment and the coming of the Lord. Tongues is. Amen. She got down to pray. I, I'm, I'm sorry I dumped that in there. Amen. But uh, she got down to pray and she started speaking in tongues. Thank God. And while she was speaking in tongues to her mind, there was a long hill that she saw in her mind. And here was the bottom of that hill. She was in a side of cut cab and it was out of control. Its brakes were gone and there was... Uh, steep turns at the bottom to negotiate. Amen. And she prayed and she prayed and she spoke in tongues until the cab of that truck got around those steep turns and she came home or the son came home that evening and started said, Mama, you ought to have been with me today and know what happened. She said, let me tell you what happened. Thank God. Mama began to tell him of the hill, what it looked like, and how God... Oh, brother! God loves the prayer of his people more than he loves anything else. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Praise God. I, uh, 
have had God answer prayer for me, and I thank God for it. But I'm going to tell you what. They say, did you read the article where they, Russia supposed to drill into the earth, lowered a microphone when they got down so far, and they heard screams? I don't know how true that is, but I do know they're drilling. And I do know that we are too. I do know that. I don't know, uh, but one of these days they are going to hear voices. Hmm. God's fixing to take it all over. I'll just give you this. NASA has released recently the information that it received on its flight around Mars 14 years ago. It hushed it up because of what they saw. But I, I confess I saw the video of their advisor making his presentation to the scientists and engineers of NASA and was telling them what was seen on the face of Mars. Toby Owens, who was project engineer looking for an area for the uh, uh, Martian lander that was to go down, coming across nothing but desert country, came upon a huge plateau, and on top of that plate plateau there came upon, and you can see it, the face of a man. 1,500 feet high and a mile long. He said, my God, what is that? They put a clamp on it and would not release it. But at a recent symposium, the Russians came to the scientific symposium and began to offer the same. Not only that, but they saw pyramids. They began to do geometric uh, functions and uh, trigonometry functions on this thing. And there is a message that has come. Somebody said, what about it? All I'm saying is that God says there's going to be signs in the heavens and the earth, and I don't believe it's going to be thunder and lightning. We've seen that. They're going to see something out there, scare the pants off of them. He saw, he said, my God, what is that? They put a clamp on it, but now they have released it recently, and you're not hearing much about it. And the reason is, they say, is because we are afraid of the impact that it will have upon politics and upon religion. So when they said that, I called the ones responsible for this, and I said, I want to know why that you included religion in this. You're afraid of what this is going to do for religion. He said, well, Re Reverend, you remember Galileo was excommunicated because he found uh, the doctrine of Copernicus, which is that the earth actually moves around the sun. He was excommunicated. I said, yeah, but I want to tell you something right now. It doesn't bother us. The church of the living God and the Christian religion believes that there are bodies that are heavenly and there are bodies that are earthly. We believe there are beings out there and we believe there are beings right here today. And if God had just opened some eyes, we'd count them and see there's more of them than there is us. You know what they discovered? They say you don't have a science until you can put it into numbers. They have put it into numbers and here it is. They have discovered the energy of the universe predicted what would be found on other planets since then, even on Earth since then, and it happened. But here's what the science uh, man says finally. He uh, said, is it that they are afraid of the impact on religion that they're going to be excommunicated, or is it because that two-thirds of them are atheists? And they're not willing to admit it. He said, that's the reason. Amen.
But here's what the science advisor said. There is a humanoid eyesing force. Humanoid. Human. Making of human. Humanoid eyesing force in the universe. That's what they have decided. We knew it all the time. We didn't even argue the point. We, our Bible doesn't start saying there was a God. It just starts off telling you what God did, and we say amen. Amen. They are fixing it. We're not going to have to do it. Let them fly around all they want to, and they're going to see more and more. God is going to show them. I believe by the time that this is my personal belief, by the time this winds up, that God is fixing to show the whole world, thank God that he's there. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Sure, there's a humanizing force in the world. It made man. I'll tell you something else. He taught him that he can talk back to that creator that made him. That is the most powerful thing that we are able to do. Praise God. Praise God. Prayer is the soul's sincere desire uttered or unexpressed. The motion of a hidden fire that burns within the breast. Prayer is the simplest form of speech that infant lips can try, while the sublimest strings that reach to the majesty on high. Prayer is the contrite sinner's voice returning from his ways, while all the angels in heaven rejoice and say, Behold, he prays. O thou by whom we come to God, the life, the truth, the way, the path of prayer thyself has trod. Lord, teach us how to pray. How long has it been prayed through? Hallelujah to God. The silence and the thunder of prayer. When the earth begins to reel and rock with the impact of the judgment of God, they're going to hear voices. They're going to hear sounds. And it's going to be prayers. Prayers coming from everywhere. Hallelujah to God. Thank God. Never stop praying. Even when you think they're not being heard, don't stop praying. Just stay there. Because God is putting them in a the bottle. Hallelujah to God. And there's power in prayer. Remember this from now on. If you want to measure the power of prayer, read the 15th chapter of the book of Revelation where they're poured out upon the earth and it is the wrath of God. Prayers that are in the vials. Teach us how to pray. Hallelujah to God. 